folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 177 of Channel Massive. I'm Noah. Also here is Mark. Yes. We're in Mark's basement. <laughs> My basement of power. <laughs> I will be channeling the... AKA the dungeon. The dungeon. former pre-pod faded Samuel Alter shits this evening as I <laughs> cough up a lung and describe falling off my ladder. Yeah, both of us, both Mark and I have a, a slight cough. Mine's less slight. It's something that we're sharing in yes. common yes. tonight. Something it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. To, to bring you, us closer to our fans. Yeah. Yeah. And as promised in our last episode, we have a special guest host with, uh, with us. First time here on the show, Jeff. Yes, yes. Uh, speaking of fans, I would pridefully consider myself one. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, that. Sweet. Pridefully. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a... Uh, Get ready, this is cheesy. I'm channeling massive levels of excitement. <laughs> I think he came prepared with that one. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So, Jeff, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your gaming background? What type of games you like to play? What systems you like to play on? Uh, yeah, I'm a close to hardcore gamer. I'm not a huge PC gamer as you guys are, but... Well, because you're on a Mac. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, you alluded last week I'm a huge Sony guy, so forgive yeah. me if you guys aren't. Oh, no, no it's uh, good. Yeah, it's good to have a Sony presence. Yeah, I've gone through all Sony consoles, the original PlayStation, camped out at Best Buy for the PlayStation 2 in high school. My parents let me skip a day, bless their hearts. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, Understanding parents. Same deal for the PS3, camped out for that, wound up driving all the way up to the mountains to get one. Which one did you get? Did you get the $600 I got the 60 one? gig, backward oh compatible. Still have it, works fine. No wow. red wings of death or anything like that. I have a friend who has PS3 at work. I'm like, what are you playing lately? He's like, I'm not playing anything because my PS3 died. Oh, really? And he has one of the original He had the 60 ones. gig? Backward? Yeah, and it has, he said something about a yellow light or something. Apparently okay, that's... Well. And so, you've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it might only be a matter of time, but it's still going strong. That's great. Yeah. Not but, like my Xbox. Yeah, right, or right. mine. I was a big PC gamer in uh, college, you know, Half-Life, Counter-Strike, all that type of thing. But what do you like to play on the PS3 right now? Um, right now, uh, a little game called Dark Souls. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow, that's really hardcore. It's a uh, MMO, a massively masochistic RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm like probably 20 hours in and wow, barely even through the first couple of segments of the game. It's that Well, that definitely extreme. establishes hardcore gamer credibility in my book because Dark Souls is the pseudo-spiritual sequel to Demon Souls, and Correct. both of those games are... It's, it's a really interesting take on online connectivity, but primarily it's a single-player RPG, mm -hmm. and the monsters are just brutally, brutally difficult. 
and you have to just grind and grind from what I understand. And it's a really beautiful game. It's really yeah. gory and graphic and uh, very crazy creature designs, but it's just so hard. And it's like, if you die, don't you like lose? Yeah, it's kind of like World of Warcraft style. You drop everything there. Exactly, yeah. The currency in the game is souls you collect from defeating enemies, and that's used to level up to buy weapons to forge and repair your weapons and armor and everything like that. And if you die, you lose all of that. And then you respawn at the last place you saved, and you have the opportunity to go and recollect those souls. But where you have to go is like something yeah. that totally kicked your butt, And right? potentially very, very far away from where the save point was. So oh, that reminds it becomes me very of tedious, but... You have to really focus if you want to get those souls back, and if you die in that period of time when you try to go reclaim them, it's it's just shot. Oh, so you only have one chance, and if yeah. you die on your way back, you lose it completely. Yeah, and so early on, that isn't as bad as it sounds because you're not really actually accumulating that much, but wow. it gives you a little extra stress. It's fun. Could you explain <laughs> to Mark how they handle on the the online connectivity stuff? Yeah, That's it's so cool. it's really unique. Uh, in addition to being able to team up with other players. It has a lot of cool elements that I think are pretty much unique just to this game. I could be wrong. Um, you have the ability to leave little tips on the ground mm-hmm. in certain particular areas to give other players a forewarning about what's oh, wow. what perilous things await you. Um, you can also, everybody's kind of undead, essentially. You're hollowed is what they call it. And occasionally you'll see another player, his ghost image kind of like walking around doing whatever he's doing on his particular server. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and even better, you'll come across these blood stains, and if you go and engage that, you can watch how a particular player died in his world, but oh, wow. out, of oh, the con- cool. out of the context of what he was doing, so you just kind of see his his character running around and then suddenly falling down, so you, <laughs> oh, don't, you don't really know what, what happened specifically, him. just kind of vaguely. Uh, but that actually has some pretty funny side effects. Sometimes, like, if somebody dies from falling off a cliff, you'll just see somebody running and then suddenly go plummeting <laughs> down. Plummet? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But it's it's a great game. It's very, very reserved and re- restrained in its storytelling. It doesn't beat you over the head with it. There's very minimal dialogue and certainly no hand-holding about what you're supposed to do. Like, you can actually go virtually anywhere in the game right off the bat pick and choose the route you want to take. That's like, kind of like a Bethesda title. Huh? Yeah. Well, it's it's cool. It's got a lot of great design. I think it's credited to the Japanese designers, but I know you talk, talked about once, Noah, that you mentioned it in Uncharted, that cool element of being in a particular environment, you make progress, and then all of a sudden you're back in that environment, but it's a new take on it. It's yeah. slightly different. Yeah. It has a lot of great elements like that, so it's wow. it's highly recommended. Don't let it steer you away because of the difficulty level I would I would really recommend it and you can start with demons as souls first if you want yeah, it's hard to say demons as souls yeah. demons grammar is... right did that, uh, did that sway you what the grammar no <laughs> <laughs> yes it yes, should did the grammar sway you <laughs> in some it's cases that ace is just so attractive anything that allows me to affect a really bad lisp when you can have like three apostrophes <laughs> lined up it's yeah it's always good <laughs> i mean uh did that like uh no because i know i have no patience for that ah. no, i mean man, i can't even get through an open world it game. really harkens back to the old school of games like which is cool and know, there's a time the, and place yeah for that you learn the patterns of the enemies and know how to defeat them and you know exactly when and where they're going to spawn so right. There's nothing creative. Oh, in there's that nothing regard. random about where they no, show up. Not, not at all. Like oh, every wow. time you save at a bonfire, a bonfire is where you save. 
and you come back, all them enemies have respawned the exact same spots, exact same traits and characteristics and patterns of what they do to try to oh, wow. kill you. Oh, so they don't level up with you either, like in some RPGs. I think, I think they do, actually. Like, if you do New Game Plus, everything scales with you. Oh. So you're that much more badass, so, so are the enemies. Yeah, I'd say I'll never me. get that far to experience that. I know I'm never going to complete that game, but... <laughs> <laughs> Even after 20 hours, you've right. invested so much. But that's actually kind of a complex of mine. That's one of my other gaming traits, is I rarely complete a game. I think it's sort of a psychological barrier I have. <laughs> like, I enjoy it so much, just I don't, don't want, want it closure. to end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to have that with MMOs. Like, really, I yeah. could not. Well, I mean, there really is no end in those anyway. Right? Well, you yeah. love making alts. But I, yeah, I could never real. get to a max level character. Oh, like, okay, right. Um, You'd always start a new one. Yeah, I'd get, like, so into it. Like, I'd, like, be playing, and somebody would have a different class or race or whatever combination. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. I'd be like, I want to try that. And so I'd start an alt, and then pretty soon my alt would become my main, and my main would just be, like, languishing over there. Sure, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then finally I was like, we have started doing the podcast, and I'm like, I was like, I've got to establish some street cred, because it was purely an MMO podcast, and so <laughs> I had to do it. But it was a big barrier for me to f- stick with one character. It was really hard. And now I do it almost exclusively. Yeah, you do. You you are good at staying focused and getting to the end game. Yeah. Okay, nice. It totally screwed me up when I <laughs> tried to establish street cred. Now I'm like, now I don't try You're enough. Changed. Cred. Like yeah, with the tour beta, I kept playing the same class over and over again, and it kept resetting me, and I kept playing that class. I'm like, I really should it's be taking advantage of this and trying all the other classes. Sisyphean struggle. Are you generally yeah. sticking with the dark side? Well, of I course. do too. Yeah. Stick with okay. the dark side. This is Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? It's, it's got really to be a PvP server with dark side stuff. So. Yeah. So how do you approach that in, in a literal sense of role-playing game? Do you project yourself on the character and you say, hey, if I were an evil guy, here's what I'd do? Um, or, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I, um, my evil guy always does something humorous, you know? Right. Like, so in uh, Star Wars and Tor, I have a Twi'lek, sla- or twi- however you pronounce it, slave girl. And um, even though her clothes could be, or her armor could be better, I like to keep her in a skimpy miniskirt at all yeah. times. <laughs> and I, um, I like to, uh, I like to, like, I always talk back to my superiors to make her like me more because she likes it when I'm really brash and stuff. Oh, dear. And so I do that quite a bit. But yet I am becoming more and more evil because just about anyone else I'm utterly cruel to. Okay. Um, and um, as far as, like, social interactions, I, I taunt the other Jedi quite a bit. Do you or the, not the Jedi, the other Sith. I like to taunt them. Like, I'm so like... Oh, those colors don't go well together at all. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. You mean real players? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Especially with hutball, like when you're playing hutball and you're like all gathered together. I'm like, you know, just like to say a little arbitrary things. <laughs> Listeners, you had that is something that you could look forward to if you're getting the old republic and you join Mark's little group. My little guild of evil. Guild of evil. What is it called again? It's the like Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club. Yeah. And remember, fans, not listeners. That's and right. Fans, yes. fans of Mark. Well, I don't think there are any of those. His evil, t- <laughs> evil tendencies. <laughs> yeah. Fans have seen Mark be evil. Yeah. I want to see real evil. Yeah. yeah. Beyond just doing low kicks. Yeah. In a well, that game. is my most evil thing I do. <laughs> yeah. The Ken, o- the Ryu low kick combo death. Yeah, whenever we play can... fighting games, you you probably heard this before, but I'm bringing it up again because <laughs> I'm not gonna let it go. It's he's been hurt. 
Mark always <laughs> finds like the cheesiest, weakest move that's really fast and just spams it. Right, right. It's a denial of service attack. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so it's always fun to finally conquer that, which I do. But it usually beat me several times before yeah. I can. <laughs> but then I smite. And then I resort to my skill. And then and they're like, turn it off. <laughs> Everybody wanted to quit last time. <laughs> I was like, come on. You guys play any MVC? Or... What's that? We no, did play Marvel vs. Capcom, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Our last gaming great. session yeah. together. Super fast. I can't keep up with it, but it's, it's really cool. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. So much fun. My son okay. is quite good at it. Really? Yeah, he plays with a handicap compared to me. But he taunts me the whole time, like <laughs> verbally. It, it's nonstop talking, and if like he could just concentrate on the actual game, I think I would need. I could take the handicap off. Wow! But it's, well, that's good too because that's not one of those fighters where the button mashing prevails. Right? It's like yeah. Really no, gotta... he still does stuff with Spider-Man. I don't know how he does. Nice. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up though. But he has some sort of extra sense that tingles. Yeah. Yeah. So for this episode, we're going to be telling you next what we're playing. And then get into a healthy chunk of listener mail, fan mail. Yeah, there you go. There it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then we have a few little roundtable discussions. We're going to go over what our earliest, fondest game memories are. Then talk about on live and whether it's a force to be reckoned with. And follow that up with Ubisoft's MMO that's been kind of let out of the bag because of some employment postings over on their website. We would love to hear what you think about any of these topics, or if you just want to go random and tangent on us, send it into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We'd also like a review on iTunes. Yeah. Yes. Just demonstrate your passion, whether yes. you love us or hate us, with five stars, and we'll pay attention <laughs> to it. Otherwise, yeah, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's irrelevant. Not worth it looking at. Five live. Yeah. <laughs> Great drink, by the way. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. This is my favorite part of the podcast. You always say that. I don't think I really believe you anymore. This is one of my favorite parts of the podcast. (laughs) This is where we talk about what we've been playing. And, uh... Because my cough remedy is actually having mind-altering effects on me, I think I'll have someone else lead this off while I try to f- desperately to claw my way towards some <laughs> sense of composure. In reality. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that taking salvia as, a, as like a cough remedy would cause mass hallucinations? <laughs> but it has, so, you know. <laughs> as soon as the little five-inch tall demons stop trying to chisel my shins away, I'll speak about what I've been playing, but perhaps I will lead it off with Noah. Yes. Noah, what have you been playing? Ah. (laughs) I finished Uncharted 2 last night. You're like making epic progress through this. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. You can't fight it, yeah. Once you get past the (laughs) crappy gunplay in the first game. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's really good, and the second game was 
everything that the first game was, except even better and longer. Really gorgeous environments. And the story, to me, felt like it was almost exactly the same. But it was just still so well delivered and so much fun to play and there's just really cool moments from like oh my gosh i can't believe we're doing this no it's so cool did you play it with your your buddy again yeah, where with he, Chris. he did the platform and you did the uh, shooting yeah yeah oh, cool yeah there was one night where i had to edit a podcast while he was playing so he got to play more than i did and so i got to play most of the end which is kind of cool and then we immediately jumped into the third one which we've been really excited oh, about nice. it's 3d and i've got my 3d television and wow it's like the coolest thing i've seen yet in 3d Really? On my TV. It's, it's Cooler really Cooler than Avatar? Well <laughs> I don't have Avatar. Yes, you do. No, I don't. We know. I James do Cameron not. would be proud. I, I, that movie is seriously overrated. It's, I will never it's buy It's a heartwarming it. tale. It's Say what? what? It's a heartwarming tale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a tale. Yes. A fable. No, no, I, I see what you're saying there. When though, you yeah. say tale, though, it makes me think of the hair Your tales little, that they have. Those crazy tales, yes. Yeah. Hair tales, yeah. <laughs> or Sonic and Tails, whatever you want. <laughs> they are kind of like Sonic's <laughs> hedgehogs. Anyway, that's cool. 3D. Puts yeah, it's use. it's really, really good. Really like Uncharted, and it's it's cool to you have whisk like a, through. Do you have 3D audio with all that, too? Like, you have the surround sound? Well, yeah, yeah I've, got the, I've got a 5.1. You didn't have that when I was over last time, so or it was difficult to see it. The, well, the speakers are like about as big as soda cans, so they're really tiny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's well, it's that really must nice. Be really pretty neat. To yeah, yeah, on. it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, I've also been playing a lot of my 3ds, a lot of Super Mario 3D Land, and getting to experience things that I knew that the 3ds had, such as 3D photographs, nice. and then the augmented reality games. And there was one where. It, I took a picture of myself, and then I became an enemy in the game that I had to shoot, which was really cool. That is cool. Uh, there's just, like, lots of little gimmicky things in there that are really fun. Took some 3D pictures of Yub Yub, and it's cool. It's a... Uh, His attack dog. Okay. Yeah, that's my dog, yeah. <laughs> um, he was just, like, laying on my bed. I just woken up, and I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of you. Uh, but you can actually adjust the the strength of the 3d like to really far extremes and a little slider there yeah. yeah it's actually not the slider on the oh, machine okay. there's actually a software gotcha a slider that goes even further and crazier so than relative the, to this the yeah. physical slider position it'll no, it, apply it, additional yeah, yeah yeah it goes even further right. than what it can and what's weird is that if you set it out pretty far apart and then it'll snap it the the two images that make the depth it'll snap it together and create a focal point you end up doing a Basically, what we would do with those stereo gram yeah. pictures, where you kind of have to cross your eyes. Two images. But it's like super easy on this. I've never been really quick on the stereogram things. Like I have to get really close, try to back mm -hmm. up, and I can never keep my eyes like this. But on this thing, it's really cool, and you can get these really crazy, crazy deep do you 3D get, photos. Do you get kind of headachey at all from the 3D on the? 3DS? No, not at all. That's okay. what something else that I was wary about, mm -hmm. especially since it seemed that people who had have migraine or headache issues were people who had vision correction, which I do. I wear contacts or glasses. Yeah. And uh, I play Super Mario 3D Land in 3D exclusively, and it's the way that I prefer to do it. I mean, sometimes if I am having some problems with platforming, it's not because of a headache or anything. It's just like it's, like it's frustrating me, so I'll just turn the 3D off because I'm so used to playing a Mario 3D game mm -hmm. in 3D. But it's just really cool, and it's really made me get way more on the 3D bandwagon nice. than I ever thought I would be. So that's why I was even more excited about Uncharted 3 being in 3D because like, whoa, I've been playing Mario all this time in 3D. Now I can play this. Nice. And it just makes me even more excited that 
3D is a default for the system. So that means any game that I buy for it that's made for the system is going to be in 3D. It's not going to be something like on the Wii with Motion Plus or the PlayStation Move controller, the connection where you're sitting yeah. there waiting for a game to come out that supports it. Yeah, It's like every game has to support it no matter what. So it's really cool. So if you go to the slider down all the way on the 3D, is it... There's no is discernible there way to tell. No, I mean, just visually, does it look clean and crisp still, or can you still tell that it's doing some 3D-ness? Oh, yeah, it looks like you're just watching okay. a regular old monitor. Like, just a regular 3D, yeah. Or 3, or... Regular DS. 2D screen, yeah, yeah regular okay. DS screen. Mm, okay. And what is kind of cool in Mario 3D Land is that they have little rooms that you'll go into. You know, you'll see a pipe, and you go down the pipe. And they're deliberately set up. They're a lot like M.C. Escher pictures where... Oh, wow. You see, like... The, uh, the a classic example, which you can see in screenshots on the internet, is you imagine a square room and then kind of like a pyramid of bricks stacked up into the corner, the far corner of the square room, and everything looks fine if it's in 2D, but if you put it to 3D, you'll find out that one of the top left squares is actually not up against the wall. It's floating in the middle of the room, uh-huh. but you can only see that with 3D oh, going wow. on. And if so, it's like it makes you turn it on, and it's just like such a cool effect because it's something like straight out of an MC Escher, except yeah. it's something you can get your head around that this is real, this is Spati- physically possible. Yeah. Even though they've got to be doing some kind of camera trick, because naturally, if something's closer to you than stuff that's further away, it should be slightly out of sync in terms of size. But they pulled off. It's really really cool. It's oh, cool. It sounds awesome. kind of reminiscent of a game called Echo Chrome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need to play Echo it's Chrome. Great. It's a great game. I don't think it's 3D enabled for televisions. But, but still, it's just but, it's, yeah, it's a cool, trippy platformer yeah. concept. I forgot. Thank you great, for Great, great game. The sequel's good, too. They changed it quite a bit. Oh, I'd get the sequel, but that requires move, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, I'm not going to get move for Basically, that. it's treating your move controller as though it were a flashlight. It's like a flashlight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So you're altering the way the shadows project within the game. And the world. shadows are the platform. So yeah. you have to hold the light source just right to make a path of navigable platforms for your character yeah. when they're on the cross. Oh, that's too cool. Which in many ways made the game a lot simpler because you can just kind of trial and error or swing your arm <laughs> right. around to see what looks right. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but cool. cool. Innovative, yeah. And then last I played a little bit of League of Legends. I Did got you? to play a game with Lol. Kurt. Oh, um, Lol. We didn't get on the Skype because he was talking to a, a girl, which I'm like, that's all right. <laughs> but he's talking to a girl. He's like, I'm talking to a girl. Because I try to call him. Because normally we always oh. talk on Skype, which is really helpful on a team game. And he's like, sorry, I can't answer. I'm talking to a girly girl. <laughs> so apparently she was really girly. What's 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 that? I'm not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and we got in this team that really pissed me off. Because oh, we had two, quote unquote, as I like to call them, pro gamers, who were just lecturing everyone else about how to play and what they shouldn't be doing and what they should be doing. And at one point I told them like they were going back and forth with each other. And I'm like, shut up. I'm like, OMG STFU. And they're <laughs> no like, time to type. Why don't you shut up? There. What is, huh? Oh my God. What the fuck? Okay, good. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we live, at, we play in childish arenas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then he's like, shut up, Pro Cogma, because you pick, because he was, he was a Cho, the main instigator was a Cho who was playing jungle and wouldn't come out of the jungle. And we kept dying and he wasn't helping us with yeah, tanking or anything. Yeah, you don't want your tank jungling. 
Yeah. And was he big or did he? Any... No. Oh, oh, it gets better because wait, I'll tell you how much he, they ragged on us. And then he came. He finally came down to my lane. I was in the bottom lane with the other pro gamer. And so I tried to, they insisted that I not take clarity, even though I always take clarity, which instantly refills a chunk of mana. Um, like, why are you taking that spell? You should be taking exhaust, which is a spell that slows down enemy champions. And I'm like, fine. Cause they all started whining to each other. I'm like, fine, I'll take exhaust instead of clarity. Um, which sucked because I kept running out of mana and I'm not used to playing without it. And I had flash, which teleports you like 20 feet when you're trying to chase someone down or escape from someone or dodge someone. And he came down, and I tried to tell, tried to flash to try to stop the other person. He's like, "Why'd you flash?" Because we obviously missed him. And I'm like, "Because I was trying to help you." Yeah. And then later on, when he's like, "Me, me, 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 me," going back and forth, he's like, "Shut up, pro cock with your flash." Da, 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 da. Jeez. <laughs> and so they still kept bitching. Um, and I'm just like, I can't wait to end this game with a surrender vote. It cannot happen soon enough. And you have to play 20 minutes before you can do that, or else you get penalized for leaving. Yeah. Um. And the thing is, at the end of the game, neither of them had a kill or an assist. All they had were deaths. So they were theoretical. They yeah, were like and the they were just telling everybody players. exactly how you're supposed to play, and they had like not one positive. Uh, well, they merit. would have done better if you hadn't sucked it up for them so bad. Oh yeah, That's and I had I had zero kills, but I had two assists. But then I ended up having a lot of deaths because I'm like, screw this, I'm just gonna dive into stuff, and I'm gonna go and play with Kurt. And just help him on his lane, and then right. just do random crap, and then surrender. That's a, just what I did. It's a misleading statistic, though, isn't it? I mean, because you're doing a lot more for your team than just pure death. Absolutely, kills, right? Yeah, that's the thing, you know. And with the five v five, the like the standard map where it's the the regular three lane thing, it it's mostly you're judged by your kill ratio. Yeah, but and on so the dominion, it gives you a score and ranks you. That's great. Yeah, and and. Yeah, I like you that. You get rewarded for death. different ways of contributing. For defending points or capturing them. That's yeah. cool. The more stats, the better, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's like oh, I said that to like them. If you like stats, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I said to them, I'm like, I really like how the programmers have no kills or assists to their name. Like, shut up, you have the most deaths in the game. I'm like, oh my god. And then it's like we finally were able to surrender and it mercifully end, ended. And they're like in the group chat, the, the Cho'Gath is like, I'd be really interested to see your record. And like the other one was ganging up against me too. He's like, you shouldn't bitch. You're not any good at playing Kogma anyways, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look at my damn win record. Cause it's like, I had like nine out of the last 10 games I'd won. With that character. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you're lethal with Kogma. That's, yeah. So it's just they're... a crappy game. And I was so angry after that. I said to Kurt, I'm like, F this game. And I'm, like, I'm not going to play it anymore. And, and He's like, oh, dude, I just ignored them. So he didn't even understand what he I was talking to his lady. Worked <laughs> up about. Um, and then I, and I'm like, well, I should end this on pause. I'm like, thanks for playing with me. And I'm like, close, close. And I was just so angry like, afterwards. I'll die for I'll die for it. It was not the positive League of Legends experience. It seems like multiplayer rate games sometimes can kind of be the epitome of the rage quit. It's like, oh, yeah. There's that extra layer of frustration you, when. It's a real human being. And when you play uh, it later night or something like that, it's, it's, like, it's hard to get to bed. It's yeah. such a downer too. when you've lost, it sucks. Then to have somebody berate you for your playing, who is obviously an inferior player who's living in theory craft zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure when you were playing like um, uh, Counter-Strike or whatever, you ran into that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, even currently with all the other yeah. FPS multiplayer games. Yeah, it's just... Ugh. 
But then, then on the flip side, when the teamwork really works and everything gels, it's it's great. That's it's a great what makes it worth playing. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. It's tough. So it's a balance. Yeah, always balance. So that's all I got, Mark. All you got? Real quick on it. On Uncharted 2 fans, spoiler alert. Pause. <laughs> Noah, what did you think of the end? There were a lot of gripes I remember with the final boss encounter. In the first one or the second, second one? Second game. In the second one? Yeah. Really? Because I could understand more the first one. Direct interaction, kind of literally almost hand to hand. Well, because like the first one, it was like quick time events, and it was only three. That's true. And that's, and I'm like, I, I didn't mind that, but people were angry about yeah, so that. So many people are against the QTEs. Yeah, it's like you're not actually playing the game, you're just pushing a button to but it advance. Looks cool. <laughs> it does, it does yeah. look really cool. And so I thought it was kind of cool that this the last boss in the second game was not like that. And it was a bit challenging. It was still kind of gimmicky. Right. Where you're running around, you're just trying to, you're not actually doing anything that you've ever done in the game before, but you're doing something that's ultimately kind of cheesy. Yeah. But it was stressful. Definitely. And yeah. it was it was still really exciting. And I felt like I'm like, it felt like a challenge. And I'm like, I felt like I actually accomplished something, whereas in the first one, it's just like, all right, I have to memorize when to press the square button, when to press the triangle button, yeah, when to move to the right. All right, now we're done. Yeah, basically only one try and you're through it. Yeah. 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 So I thought it was cool. I'm surprised to hear that people didn't like that. Yeah, I think maybe just the departure from everything prior in the game, enemy encounter-wise, it was a lot different. Which the first one was like that too. True. I mean, I, I was I was expecting another quick time event. Mm-hmm. Frankly, <laughs> have you finished the third one? I actually have not played it yet. I definitely will be. What? I, it's because you're all wrapped up in Dark Souls. Correct. And I foresee Dark a, Souls. A, a Christmas item in my oh. future. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you listening, Katie, girlfriend? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Are you going to get the Baby Hands Edition? What's that? The Baby Hands Edition. What does that mean? That's the one that I. That's what I call the version that comes with the Drake statue because he's got tiny baby oh, hands. Oh, okay. The collector's edition. No, yeah. I'll probably just get regular. <laughs> I have the collector. I have the baby hands. Oh, nice. <laughs> baby. His tiny little hands. <laughs> he needs tiny little guns to shoot with the tiny little hands. His tiny little adventure hands. <laughs> I hate it when people get art wrong. Well, what's funny is he spends a majority of the game hanging from things no, endlessly funny. because he's always tiny little cracks and like just that. rip on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he can hang there forever, so those are some powerful baby hands. Baby hands. Huh? Yeah. No, yeah, but I'm definitely looking forward to the third one. The third one's so good. Oh, my gosh, yeah. like, right off the bat. It's it's really exciting to see they they get a lot more, even more serious and interesting with the story and yeah. giving you a lot more information about the characters. That's one of the greatest virtues of that whole series is it one of the few games, it's certainly not the only one, but one of the few games that really nails voice acting and yeah and the facial expressions story, yeah facial animations everything and yeah it's it's character stunning. like they're actual characters that you grow attached to like wow it's pretty rare for a video yeah game. it's like i go yeah. back i've gone back and forth and i mean I ultimately like the characters i should and dislike the ones i shouldn't but it's cool it's like you'll there's a character arc yeah yeah and you get to have reasons to like and dislike people totally it's awesome all right more fuzzies are done with that <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Well, I guess we should probably segue into what have you been playing, Jeff? Uh, Mr. Jeff has been playing Dark Souls, as we mentioned earlier. Again, if you guys get a chance, try it. It is on 360 now. It used to oh, be. Yeah? yeah, Demons is Souls was a PS3 exclusive, but Dark Souls is cross-platform, so you should try it, Mark. Wait, which one was the I first could've... one? Demon's Souls, right? Demon's Souls was the first one. It was only So on... I thought Dark Souls was PS3 exclusive. No, it's on 360 as oh. well. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got it mixed up. Mm-hmm. 
I'll have to try that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth a shot. It's... I, I was re- reading an article about it today, um, getting ready for the show, saying there was some guy was writing in about how he just can't stop playing it, and he loves the, the dark grittiness. It's very dark it. yeah. fantasy, yeah. And, it's like and, Castlevania, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that that sounds pretty cool, actually, but I, I thought it was a PS3 <clears throat> only. No, yeah, it's on 360 as well, and I wonder if there's a same demo topic, for it. Nah, well... Certainly not on the PS3, I don't think, but maybe on 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one guy I follow on Twitter, Nick Sutner, he he had a good description of it. He he's playing both Skyrim and Dark Souls at the same time, and he oh wow in the role playing realm he pretends Dark Souls is the nightmares that his Skyrim character is having. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's yeah, pretty, pretty very apt. Yeah, I don't know. There's some dark stuff in Skyrim okay. too. I yeah. Yeah, that's I got a demo of Skyrim. Did you? Did you try PC it? or? Uh, well, I didn't get a demo. It's like somebody owns it. Okay. I went over to their house. Oh, somebody showed it. To you. Yeah, and I got to play it. What'd you and think? I totally did not like it at all. <laughs> it was really bad. It's like there was like it was it was I think it was a circus set of circumstances that came together. Are you playing Skyrim? I certainly will be another one that. Yeah, it's gonna be coming. Well, like I mentioned earlier or alluded to earlier, I'm not really into open world stuff unless it's Batman. Um, but it was like a, it was a, it was coincidental. I don't know what the, it was circumstantial or circumstances that There's occurred together this. in a negative fashion. So it's not serendipity. It's yeah. something else. It's the, the antonym of that. Of serendipity. Yeah. So it was a very unfortunate con- <laughs> situation. Okay. We're like, okay, we'll a series of unfortunate events. There's like a dead thief it up, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I ran up. I'm like, loot. And I'm like, well, I don't know, loot all. And I didn't know that you can carry as much as you want, but once you reach a certain threshold of weight, then you can't run. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. I'm like, uh, uh, like super yeah, slow walking everywhere. And I couldn't throw anything away because he was in the bathroom or something like that. And I'm like, God, this sucks. And then it's like, it came to combat. And I'm like, flail, flail, kill the wolves back and forth. And, and I'm like, can you like, he finally came back. I'm like, can you like throw something out <laughs> on your character? I don't know what's important and what's not, and I don't want to screw up your save game. He's like, oh yeah, sure. And he got him back to running again. And I'm like, where's the quest? And so I started running towards the point on the compass, and it was hard to find where the quest was. And then it's like, right. he's like, well, this quest, I should have the item for it. Where's the item? I know that I collected this claw. It's like I stole it from these thieves. They're on top of this snowy mountain. I'm like, uh, well, I'll rock up there and see if we can find it. So I was running, running, running. All the thieves are dead. They're all naked because he's looted mm, them ew. to the max, but he hasn't sold anything. And then I just started to run off the path. I'm like, I know that there's monsters out there. I don't care. And like, there's a super huge giant dude. Like, <laughs> giant, giant. I've seen videos of the giant. Yeah. And I'm like, like, wow. And so, and he like, he looked at me. Did he launch you? No, he oh. he was like just like standing by his bonfire. I'm like woo, and I'm like I ran around the bonfire, and then all of a sudden, it's like, dun, 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 and I'm like, oh, I get. It's Here like it go. took him like 45 seconds before he even aggroed on me. I'm hearing him like dancing at his feet in front of the fire, <laughs> and then he started chasing me. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm like running. I'm like I can't run him. I can't run him. And then like I'm running through the dark shadows and uh, not the 70s television series <laughs> the dark shadows of the game and like this dark black shadows. wolf jumped out of nowhere and Jeez. totally scared the crap out of me because I wasn't expecting it and so I was like flail sword swing flail and then the giant caught up and then boom flew 3,000 feet into yeah, the air yeah the where you go flying in the air and like yeah. swirling yeah I saw the like when they first were announcing the game or that when it had first launched not when it was announced but when it launched 
there was a YouTube video called Giants Hit Freaking Hard. And it was this guy, like, taunts, he taunts this giant. And it was kind of like your thing. Didn't do anything, didn't do anything. And then it, like, picks up this club, this huge club. And it goes, whap! And the guys, just, you just see him, like, flying Ragdoll. and flying yeah, and flying yeah. and flying. And it just, it was like, when is he going to stop? And he just kept <laughs> flying. And then it's like, thud and, you know, boneless kind of thing. Sheesh. But yeah, you know, it's it's buggy. I mean, things yeah. would pop yeah. up on the screen and drop down on the ground. That's what they said. I haven't, you know, I'm not seeing the bugs. But it's like after that PC. experience, so like I took the controller and like I just put it down the table. Yeah. And I'm like, here you go. And he's like, don't you want to play somewhere? I'm like, nope, I've seen but, enough. You know, they're they're like, to defend the game, they're um they're bug killing like crazy yeah, right patching. now. And, uh, but yeah, the patches have like 50 items in them every when single they, time I see one. Once it's, you know, stable, you can buy it. You'll be able to buy it at a bargain bin at GameStop or whatever. And um, I think it's going to be really awesome. I mean... Do you play first person or third person? I I always go back to third person. I like to see my guy in front of me. I kind of I I like that. I like to. Although first person is cool to see, like spell in your left hand and sword in your right hand, or like double spell action. I'm doing the Aragon or the not Aragon, the um, Gandalf thing right now. I have a staff in one hand and a and a summoned like energy sword in the other. Which is pretty cool. Keep shouting, you shall not pass. Yeah, you shall not pass. <laughs> you know, I do that. But there's no Balrogs that I've found yet. So, just <laughs> dragons and stuff. Yeah. Rega- anyway. Regarding the bugs, real quick, did you see the one? It's not really a bug per se, but there's a video online. If you go into like a tavern or whatever, oh, and you, take the you can put the, the cauldrons in the pots and place them over the merchant's head. And yeah. it'll remain there. And since that's obstructing his vision, he can't see you. And you start stealing. Going and stealing. Oh, everything. I didn't see <laughs> it's that. It's so funny. I love yeah. the mechanics, though. Yeah, yeah. And, like gradually the pot will start to fall off. And and like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then the pot will fall off, and he'll see you steal. It's like, what the hell? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's been talking. You guys are like, how you doing? Yeah. It's <laughs> been kind of a slow day. Blah blah blah. From inside the basket, you're <laughs> yeah. the bucket. It's the funny, funny thing about that game is I I don't like to play thief characters much, um, except in World of Warcraft, but um. The lock picking, I enjoy it so much. That's really fun. I actually having, did that. Having actually had a, I had a friend who had a lock pick set, oh, and really? showed me kind of how the how it works. A guy that Jeff and I worked with named oh, Dave yeah. Harold. Oh yeah, yeah. And he showed me how you pick locks with, and I was doing the beginning lock with it, and that was hard. And in the game, it's equally hard. a literal hard. mechanic involved? Yeah, it's okay, very, nice. It's just like the real thing. That's and you cool. can break it's not the like lock Bioshock picks. where it's some elaborate, you know, weird jigsaw. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of addicted to picking locks, but That's I don't really want to get in trouble. Um, and my guy's more of like a battle mage guy. But I really, the way they made it is so fun. And the locks are getting harder now. And the fact that they're getting harder is making it a lot more fun for me to pick them. So how does, yeah. it, how does it work specifically? You're just tweaking the joysticks to listen? Or is mm. there a visual element? It's a visual it's a element. It shows a lo- okay. uh, yeah, it shows a lock and you have... You have like two. You have two hands, yeah. right? And you have one hand's got the thing that goes in the lock, and the other one's like a pick oh, wow. that um, you move around. You can move it all around, and you start to spin it, and you re- reach a point where it starts to get stuck, and you have to back off or break your lock pick. Oh, and you have to wow. buy those. And, yeah, so and you have, which you have to buy or well. find. Yeah, and wow. so. It's really kind of addictive. I, I, I really enjoy it's picking It's so funny because I forgot about that. That was the one part that I actually really enjoyed, is like because I was in the town looking for yeah. the quest. And I didn't know what his alignment, his character alignment was. So yeah. I didn't, he had lockpicking started off in his constellation of skills, which is really cool. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm going to pick a lock. 
And so I didn't want to steal things and like ruin his alignment though. So I'd pick the lock and then I'd run in and I'd jump on the tables and kick things around, oh, yeah. <laughs> like knock over furniture and then I'd leave. And no, I went, I, went, I went into this dungeon, <laughs> which was one of the coolest dungeons ever because it looks like it's just this little bit of a remainder of a castle. But you go into this bailey, and then it goes under, and it's just this huge labyrinth of like Sweet. dungeon Very cells. And, yeah, and it's so cool. And it had just a gazillion locks to pick, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm like, wow, why is this so awesome? <laughs> it's, just, it's just an empty dungeon with hardly no monsters to kill, just a bunch of locks and stuff. But I'm like, I love it. I'm getting so good at lock picking. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, but I never I never played Oblivion long enough to find a damn lock that I can recall. But so, I Jeff, do you even... notice a theme here with Mark's gameplay experiences that he always likes to play evil and abusive and pick locks? <laughs> yeah. It's the dark side of Mark. Yeah, I like to I take out my dark side in a virtual That's a good space. way to do it. That's yeah, rather than in reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say, Mark. Eventually... Just synthesizing it isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. Soon I'll start, you know, abusing animals, and then you won't be able to. Pretty soon, off on it. This basement will be full of corpses <laughs> and naked chicks. Well, yeah, naked chicks. It'll be awesome. Or a combination of the two. Yeah, and by that you mean naked chickens that have been had their feathers. Remember, chicks. Better corpses. Yes. <laughs> Well, so what else have you been playing, Jeffrey? Uh, like we said before, Dark Souls is a great game. Highly recommended. Um, I do rarely beat games, but recently I also beat um, Resistance 3. Oh. Which was a surprise for me. The second one was awful. I literally only played probably <laughs> 10 minutes of it and bailed on it. But I had seen the de- decent amount of reviews for the third one, and I played through it. It was great. It had a good sense of despair which sounds awful to say but it, it really got you immersed in <laughs> imagining the you listening to like Ben Ben Folds <laughs> first Smith album over and over again <laughs> 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 and uh, beyond that some pseudo mobile gaming on iOS um, specifically Jetpack Joyride have you guys heard of that I've heard of it I've never played it it's, it's a fun game it's one of those infinite runners so you just kind of go and oh, the side scrolling little dude Barry Steak Prize who's actually a carryover from another game called Monster Dash you have a little jetpack and the default one is a machine gun so your propulsion is <laughs> your machine gun shots which kills little scientists and it's a uh, it's a fun game very tongue in cheek um, there are vehicle upgrades uh, one of which is called the Prophet Bird which is a blatant image of the bird from Angry Birds. And so you're flying around in this little bird each time you tap, you're flapping its wings, and each time you flap, little dollar bills are spewing out. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so. Oh, cool. That's cool. And also, um, the follow-up to Infinity Blade. Oh, yeah. The second one just came out. Oh, yeah, I heard that. got really good reviews. Yeah, I checked it out. I haven't played too much of it. It's certainly a graphical killer app it looks right as good if not better than you know ps2 era games probably a lot better than that even obviously but it is kind of funny they took a lot of shortcuts because there's voice acting dialogue yet all the character models have their face and mouth obstructed so they kind of got around the 
oh. necessity to having to animate mouse for nice. dialogue. <laughs> are they all wearing bandanas so, or something? How bandanas are these like silver <clears throat> mech type masks oh, and stuff. Funny. Yeah. Giant turtlenecks. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least thus far, I could be mis- <laughs> misspeaking there, but that's what I've observed. Cool. Well, I guess this is the part of the podcast where I tell you what I've been playing. Nosedive, nosedive! Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still playing Tower Defense Lost Earth. I got no, past for real? that horrible map that I was... Have you tried that yet? No, I'm not, I'm uh, actually not a huge Tower Defense um, guy. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. Shame on me. Well, <laughs> let me stop the recording right now. <laughs> uh, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Be, you will not be allowed to leave through the normal door. And yet, interestingly, <laughs> there's a maze of turrets that you will have to run through. Right. That will have to build some defense mechanisms. And Ironically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's this map that was just so hard. I'm on the like ultra hard mode now, and there's this map that was so difficult for me to get through. And so, usually, what happened when you finally got through it? I mean, did you visibly celebrate? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Did you thro- throw your phone on the ground and say? Take that! I like spiked my phone. (laughs) Usually, what happens with this game is usually when you finish a map, the next couple, maybe five, are pushovers. The next one, I have no answer for it. It's so hard. And I'm like, God darn it. Like, really? I don't know why I'm making myself do this. (laughs) If if the rate I'm going. This is your. Penitence for all the evil things you do in all the other games. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I must defend that base from those evil minions. <laughs> so yeah, it's the next one is even harder, and I'm I'm really at a loss for what I'm supposed to do because I get overrun. You're supposed to survive for ten minutes, and I get to four minutes, and I'm just crushed. Oh, yeah. Is there anything on Game FAQs about it? Is there what? Is there anything on GameFAQs.com about oh, it? I couldn't possibly do that. Oh. oh. Yeah. This oh, wow. is cheating. This, this is, a, is it's a matter of pride. Yeah, nice. it's a matter of pride that I Well, you know what I'll know. do is I'll look it up for you and just let you know. Great. Thank you. Yeah, then if it came to me unsolicited <laughs> and unbidden, it'd be fine. It's just when I have to like go out there myself, I feel dirty. But yeah, I um I have no answer for it. It's really wow. hard. So you're a victim of your own self-described Stockholm syndrome in gaming. Yes, exactly. It's like you keep coming back. It's punishing and kicking I your ass. Yet you might yeah. like Dark Souls now that we know. Exactly. That. Probably yeah, would. You I probably would. Man, I'm that. telling you. Yeah, I, pr- I probably will. I, I'll give it a shot. I oh. will. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that, and um, I it's weird. I kind of uh, I played like one night. I played some Skyrim, and it's really fun. And I don't know why. I'm just I'm like afraid to commit to it because it's going to just be like all encompassing. I can feel it just calling to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that yet. Um, so instead I've been playing more league of legends as kale and I've been trying to work on, um, getting really good with that character. Who's like a, kind of like a classic paladin. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because two games that now I played with Eric and I keep saying I'm working on this. Eric's one of our former podcast buddies and, well, current podcast Former. buddy, but he's in the past. He's dead he has to joined us, dead us to for us. podcasts. Dead he just hasn't lately. No, he's not dead. But no. we've been playing together, but he's only like level 25, I think. And so 
I'm like, I'm really trying to work on Kale to get good with her. Yeah. But And I say that, and then we go, and because they're not all level 30s, I just destroy. And we, we're just playing Dominion, and I'm, like, always the top-ranked player, and so it looks like I have just all the answers and know exactly what I'm doing. And it's really just because of the ranking thing, because he's, like, pulling me down to a, a, a group that's not what we're used to, which are these level 30s, which are really... You're so, you're so modest, Mark. You're really a badass. Just admit it. No, not, not really. <laughs> but, I mean, it looks like it to him and his buddy and it's really funny and I'm like yeah I'm still working on her <laughs> still a work in progress but yeah we've been just steamrolling with that's with, cool with um, his character he's been playing the the new one the fish character which is, oh Fizz Fizz yeah he plays Fizz and he's really good with Fizz that's um, cool I've never so played with play, him we, I... we play Dominion um, almost exclusively but I played I'd a bunch of matches him. with him that's and, uh, cool. It's good to hear that you guys are getting some game time in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were chatting today, so on Google. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that. Um, tour the tour beta is done. Sweater. While they, while they yeah. It's while a nice they, sweater you're wearing sweat-or, over there. Sweater, my sweater. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We we all have kind of sweaterish yeah, things. We're on. all rocking the facial hair too. Yeah, man. yeah. I've been beards. I've yes. been working on my giant um, Grizzly Adams mountain beard. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what they say at work. They're like, it's a mountain man. What's funny is the guy that I work with. We have the same title and everything. He's my been my friend for twenty years or something. And I work with him, and our desks are right next to each other. And he's always had a beard. And then I started working there, and I grew my beard. Little doppelganger. Yeah, and he's like, and he, but he's much smaller than I am. And so he was like, I just really wish we were talking about my beard. Somebody was making fun of it, and he's like, I just really hope that nobody starts calling me Mini Mark. It would really, <laughs> really be annoying. <laughs> like, That's a really good idea. Yeah, I was like. Please uh, remind me next time I yeah, see him so see I can Bob. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, next week, hopefully, he's going to join us for a podcast. Oh. Oh. We'll go. have some. Uh, so, yeah, fans Mark and his get forward to having yeah, the mini, mini Mark yeah. on the show. So, yeah. <laughs> but I told him I, I'm a seasonal beard guy. So, as soon as the first sign of spring hits, it's gone. In patches. Yeah. You just shave off a patch. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I'll do is I'll do the inverted thing and I'll shave this but grow the neck beard out. Oh, yeah, the natural have, turtleneck. I rock that all the time. Collar. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good look. <laughs> so I'll go with that for a while. And, uh, but, um, yeah, as far as gaming goes, that's been pretty much it. I haven't played any Rocksmith, but I've been doing actual real music in my spare time. Oh, nice. It's inspired me to play music, which means I don't play it. Wow. Which is kind of sad, but yet triumphant in a way. So it's I've, been, yeah, I've been doing that a lot. I had a friend over who's a really good musician and um showed him like everything I knew about like MIDI recording and stuff and our MIDI engineering and everything mm-hmm. and different uh DAW software and everything. Wow. So it's been kind of fun to nice. get back into it. Cool. That's it. I think that might be, well be the longest what we've been playing segment. One of the longest, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, with only three people, that's definitely... Yeah. yeah. So that's good. It's that means we have a lot to talk about. Every host, yeah. yeah. The duration. <laughs> nice work, everybody. Now we will move into our mailbag. And then after that, there's still more. There is. This so is if an... you're driving to work listening to this, you might want to start... A holding pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Make that Take illegal. Take the U-turn. next. Yeah. Do just not turn go around. To work. Yeah. Don't commit. Don't commit. <laughs> Time to dig deep, deep, deep into the mailbag, and we've got a lot of really cool emails this week, including. Try to keep it straight. 
two emails from two different Scots. Oh, God, that's so hard. <laughs> that are not Scott from the South. From the South. These Samuel. are other Scots. We have an <laughs> army of them, and they're all really cool. Yeah, we love our Scots. <laughs> great, but, great Scots we have. Great yeah. Scott. Yeah, I was, I was totally mm-hmm. trying to figure out how could I work that in. That's perfect. <laughs> so, But first we have an email from Adam, who in previous weeks has written strange questions, but this week he wrote something very tangible that we can respond to in a very literal sense. Out of all the MMOs to date, what is your favorite playable race? And Adam provides his answer. I have a lot of fun memories of playing my Dark Elf character in the original EverQuest. He was a necromancer and a complete bastard to everyone except other Dark Elves. I was kill on sight to everyone in every city except Nariak. They had an interesting storyline. The cities were cool once you figured out how to navigate around in them, and their armor looked great. Adam. Mark. My favorite MMO race to play? Or... Um... You know, that's so hard. It's it's tough, because I liked a lot of them. Probably, I think, I liked the Blood Elves the best from World of Warcraft. Really? Continuing because the they team. were so... Um, mm. They were so... I waited so long for them to exist, and they were so... They were like everything I wanted them to be. They were like aloof and too good for you. They were like, they were all pretty. You know, they were like just so much like cooler than everybody else. Like the male blood elves were taller than the equivalent night elves. Just a smidgen, you know, and a little beefier. And uh, the females were way hotter than the female blood elves or uh, female night elves. And um, they were just... They were evil, and of course, which is always good. Yeah, devious. Devious, and they were just way too good. I mean, you know, they were too cool for school. Yeah. Uh, I like. I thought that was cool that they, even the way they talked to one another, were like, well, other inferior races would never have come to the conclusions <laughs> yeah. we have, but we're so far ahead of them. Exactly. You know, so, um, you know, I hate to, I hate to go to wow for the answer, but that, that was probably yeah, my favorite. That's a standard. That's the quintessential. Yeah. 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 For me, I, I've almost primarily played humans. I don't know if that makes me speciest or you not. You are. You're a damn xenophobe. <laughs> but I think I did play in the World of Warcraft. I played Blood Elves. I might have tried. Yeah, I did try a Tauren. I don't think I tried anything else. And, and you didn't eat cheeseburgers for a long time after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I guess by default, from that perspective... If I were to pick a race versus a class, then it would be the Blood Elves. They were pretty cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with the Blood Elves. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did. We made it our own little game. In yeah. A way. It was like a meta game. Did you have any MMOs that you've played, Jeff? You know, sadly, it's kind of blasphemous for me to be here and not have much MMO experience, but... No? Well, mainly, there's always the future. Yeah, I mean, mainly, the only reason I've avoided them is not because of any general distaste, mainly because I'm fearful of the ensuing obsession that right. results. So, uh, I got nothing, yeah. All right, cool. What, what would you guys choose in the lore of George Lucas? I know Mark's answer, probably. Oh, for a race? Yeah. I, I do like the humans, just plain humans. Just the, the evil ones, though. Oh, yeah, just yeah. evil humans, mostly. <laughs> hmm. I've been watching a lot of the Clone Wars, and what's cool about the computer-animated Clone Wars series is you get to see 
a lot of alien races that are often just background characters. Oh, in yeah. Movies. They have a lot more development and character development. So I'm like, wow, that's a really cool question. If we we're going to talk about something that didn't have any limits in terms of, you know, what's actually going to be playable in the Old Republic. So from that perspective, and I don't know what their race is. Well, there's two of them that are pretty cool, but I think the one that I like more is, uh, listeners, please write in and tell me who this is. <laughs> Pop quiz. Let's see if I can describe it well enough. But I think they have uh, reddish faces, and then there's a, it's, it's white around their eyes, and then they have like these fleshy type horns that go up that are striped black and white. Okay. And they have a long tail off the back of their head that's also striped black and white. Hmm. Were they in the original set of movies or no? No, they okay. were. This was a race that was brand new in the the old movies. Or I'm sorry, the the the, the prequels, the new old the new movies. ones that are the originals. Yeah, the just chronologically speaking. Yeah, and there's read the crappy ones. Yeah, yeah. like in the Clone Wars, uh, Anakin's Padawan. Is oh one yeah, of these I thought characters. those were Twi'leks. No, it's not a Twi'lek. Oh. The Twi'leks have just the two tentacles on the, the side two. of their head. These ones have ones that to the the point up and they're shorter and then they also have a long tail down the back off the head. I kind of liked that Jedi um general guy that's um on the Clone Wars in the first episode with like the gas mask. He looks oh, really yeah. evil, but he's like really good. Yeah. <laughs> he's like cool. He's yeah, he is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, he looks very scary. I was watching with my son and he didn't have any like fear of him, but he was like, is he going to be okay? I'm like, I think so. <laughs> he looks oh. like he's on a respirator. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> look like he's doing so well when he's in the vacuum of space, but later he does okay. So that's right. Yeah, those are cool. Those are, there's some cool creatures in the Clone Wars. Yeah, for certain. Definitely. Our next email is from Scott H, or as we will call him, uh, Hilgi, Hilgi 3, Hilge 3. Hilgi! Hilgi! Hilgi writes in, Hi guys, listen to episode one and <laughs> now into episode two. I'm not sure if he literally means... He can't. the archives, baby. Episode one. I know we make them available. That's painful. But the episode one was so Awful. Bad. That's wow. good though, it's a piece of history. Yeah, well, well for us. We should <laughs> like to forget. You wish it was history. We learned yeah. a lot of lessons between between episode one and episode... Five it was yeah. like a very different. Every week was very different. It was kind of like a throw spaghetti at the wall and see what like works. And we got That's so true. Yeah, but episode one was special because we had a giant boom mic. That's true. Whoa. We did. I forgot about in that. In a studio. Wow. That we used a really expensive like Russian microphone. Wow. It sounded horrible compared to what we do now. Yeah. Interesting. We didn't think that like getting cheaper headsets would be the yeah. way to go, but that has been the case. Here we are, some 175 episodes Yeah, later. Yeah, wow. It's funny, though. I still remember the first five more than most. Really? Uh, yeah. Huh. I remember the to- I remember, like, I can, like, probably name the show notes from episode one pretty well. Wow. That's cool. I don't know why. You've got a better memory than I do. No, only of trivial things that are totally I remember other things, but they weren't on the show, but they I, were related I, I, to I the show. I usually remember people who've slighted me pretty well, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> you too. <laughs> That's one of the things that makes you special, Mark. <laughs> yeah, my never-ending memory of things that need to things be to get rectified. Things <laughs> need to be righted. Yeah. <laughs> Justices. Apologies, Hilgi. Hilgi continues. Sorry, Hilgi. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to tell us exactly how to pronounce that. I don't know anything about MMOs or PC gaming, so it's all new to me. I'm a console gamer and I don't really play online. 
but with so many free-to-play games, I'm starting to check them out. Using a mouse and keyboard feels really complicated and awkward compared to a controller. I know it just takes time and practice. Do you have any advice? Thanks, guys. Hilgi3. A.K.A. Scott from Wisconsin. Scott, who is nearly as badass. Scott from Afghanistan. Scott, who plays like a little girl. <laughs> Douche jerk Scott, who can't think of any other funny things called himself. Well, my thought, my immediate thought is don't go and buy an Xbox 360 controller and remap no. it for your PC. Just learn how to use a mouse and Embrace keyboard. the keyboard. Because it doesn't take long. I mean, no. I obviously started out with, um, you know, an Atari controller. I mean, for Atari 2600, for the Commodore 64, for the Amiga. The joystick. You know, yeah, I was a joystick guy. And a paddle. And then when you had a paddle I was a paddle guy it was yeah. called a paddle yeah I totally warlords and all those yeah. different cool games and then when the first um, you know first shooters came out um, Wolfenstein 3D and Doom, Doom and all that I learned to use the keyboard it was really and, weird and the mouse weird. you didn't even use the mouse back then then the mouse was added that's right you yeah, didn't I think it was WASD then Holy even yet cow. yeah and uh once the mouse came, you were like, oh, my God, this is so much more smooth. So I would say just stick with it. Um, it doesn't take long to get, you know, acclimated. Just stick with it. Don't try to don't try to make your PC into a console that is a PC. That'll just set you back. Do you think that the first Portal would be a good game in terms of learning that? Yeah, I was going to say oh, that. Or that's first great. Half-Life, Half-Life 2. Actually, yeah. You know what? I would say I wouldn't say Portal. Portal takes a lot of skill with the keyboard and mouse. Yeah, in the later levels, it I would does. say yeah, because it would be frustrating. But if you could make it through Half Life One, I think that would be really good because yeah, your control first off, crouch and yeah, it's yeah. got all these yeah, crouch and jump, and it's mm-hmm. got the it totally is the WASD thing with the with the mouse. The best thing about it is being a console guy, you would have never played it, and it has. Perhaps one of the best storylines ever for yeah. a first-person shooter. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's a great game. And you can play it with the new Source engine, you know, so it'll look a lot better than what people who originally played it would see. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be, that's a great idea. But to, to Mo, Noah's point, too, though, Portal would be good in that it's forgiving. You don't have enemies swarming at you constantly, yeah. so you can kind of get have time feel, to noodle it. And get a feel for the navigation. No? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But once you're there, you will invariably find that the best controls for a first-person shooter. Yeah. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I hope that helps. I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of stuff to to check out with, you know, expanding from consoles into a PC. Yeah, and if he gets into free-to-play, then he could play um, some League of Legends with us, which... Yeah, that's actually even easier because yeah, it's you mostly use the mouse, mouse exclusively for moving around, and you just use the keyboard to trigger attacks. Yeah, yeah. check out Mist too. That's true. <laughs> point and click. Yep. Diablo. That's another point. All and click the Bioware one. early yeah. games like uh, you know uh, Icewind Dale and mm-hmm. Gate. Yeah, and check Steam out. I mean, there's going to be some really great oh, titles yeah. that are Coming. super cheap. The original if you, Fallouts. If you've always been a console guy. Oh, the original Fallouts are so fun. Those great are pretty just straight up clicky, though. Planescape Tormentor is uh, so good. So, a lot of good RPGs. What else we have? Last week. Huh? Oh, no, go ahead. What are you saying? Nothing. Nothing, Noah. Nothing. <laughs> Stop looking at me. 
Last, we have an email from Scott over in Afghanistan who writes, Hey, fellas, once again, I am behind the power curve and just listened to episode 176. I promise to keep this one short. I wanted to co- comment on a couple of things that you were both talking about during the great post-Thanksgiving news blitzkrieg. The first one is Richard Garriott's statements on consoles going away. I don't know the guy personally, but if he believes, if he really believes... That is going to happen. He probably should stay on the surface of the planet so that his brain can get all the oxygen it needs to function halfway normally. As I see it, the reason that mobile gaming has exploded is simply the increase in the number of mobile phones. I know I don't have a landline in my house anymore, and many other people are the same way. Cell phones are really just a part of everyone else's lives, but consoles aren't. That doesn't mean that consoles are going away, though. He's comparing the dude that plays Angry, Angry Birds for <laughs> Angry Birds, <laughs> Angry Birds for ten minutes while waiting for something to the people like you and I who will sit in front of a TV for a couple hours shooting stuff in the face. Epic fail. Lastly, I just wanted to say that the piracy numbers with Witcher 2 sound bad, but in those 4 million estimated instances of piracy, how many of those would have actually purchased the game anyway? Probably not many. The sheer volume of amazing games that are coming out doesn't allow me to buy everything I want to play. It's like that art program Photoshop. I saw that it costs around $600 and is pirated like crazy. If somehow it was impossible to pirate, I think you would see a massive resurgence in the use of MS Paint. Not a huge increase in the number of Photoshop purchases. Maybe that wasn't so short. LOL, Scott. Well, Scott, I want to tell you, first off, that I quoted you almost verbatim with the whole, uh, and gave you credit for the whole Richard Garriott thing about he needs to not ever go into orbit again. He has obviously, it has affected his mind. So, um, (laughs) yeah, a lot of purple, a lot of purple, a lot of people heard your uh, take on that uh, today in a conversation I was having. Um, Totally agree with you there. And the Witcher thing too, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It does sound really bad on the surface, but would they have ever bought it? I don't know. And actually, when people pirate games like that, sometimes and they run into problems, like the game client keeps crashing and stuff, sometimes they resort to actually purchasing the game. <laughs> it's an yeah. indirect so, way of forcing them to buy. Yeah, it. it's kind of exactly. like a try before you buy thing. So, good points. Thank you very much to everybody who takes the time to write in. We hope to hear from you again soon. And if you're not one of those people, someone maybe that's written to us in the past or sent us an audio clip, you're still listening. We would still love to hear from you again as well. Everybody, send your feedback into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. You can also leave comments over on the website, tweet us on Twitter, or like us on Facebook. And special thanks to Scott, too, for all that you're doing out there and overseas. That's right. Yeah. Much appreciated. Welcome home soon. Yes, definitely. So guys, you know, we're rolling around to the holiday season and all, and that kind of got me thinking about some of my early days of gaming. And, you know, you start to wonder, what were some of your earliest and fondest gaming memories? So for me, um, they're not super long ago, but... I remember, last week. <laughs> yeah, last week I was playing Uncharted. <laughs> no, I, I remember on the original NES, it wasn't by any means the most prolific game for that platform, but I played a lot of Adventure Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the early Master 2D side-scrollers platformers, and had a lot of fun with that. Of course, sort of in that same era, not the era of the actual console, but my dad... 
he broke out the old Intellivision. Oh my gosh! And I remember playing a lot of uh, Bump and Jump with my brothers. Oh wow, that was a really good. That's game. a classic game. Is very arcadey. Um, then fast forward a few years, I remember uh, doing well in school, getting good grades on my report card, and my dad came home with the first PlayStation era Metal Gear Solid. Oh wow, and that's a really big to this treat. day. That's probably one of my favorite games. So wow, yeah, those are good ones. How about you, Noah? It's it's hard for me to pick just one. I can think of all sorts of different little nuggets. No really great uh, allegories or stories or anything like that. But I do remember enjoying playing Arch- Archon or Archon or however it's pronounced oh, yeah, with my parents and also with the computer. Uh, my parents are really big gamers. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Yes. Never forget the title music. Yeah, it was, it's a really cool game. The nice chromatic scale. Remake is... It's okay. I, I guess, yeah. I don't know. If I'm sure if I went back and played the original, I'd feel the same way. But it was just cool to have control over all these different types of monsters that had such distinctly different attacks. Yeah. And taking them out onto the battlefield and then having to strategize. I'm like, oh, when should I make was... my attack? It was so. It's one of mine too. It's cool that you brought that up because I wouldn't have thought of it. But I played a lot, clocked a lot of hours at Archon. So what platform are we talking here? Well, uh, my original was a Commodore sixty four. Yeah, I was on Atari. Okay. Which were there? Well, pretty much. The Amiga and the Atari were kind of equal. The sixty four was kind of a little bit more powerful, right? Less powerful than Amiga. Oh, okay. So Amiga and Atari were pretty similar. Same Motorola chipset. Um, but that game for me was really special because you could be like a tactical genius and do everything right. But if you didn't have the arcade skills, you'd still lose. Yeah. Vice versa. You could be, you could be like really bad at the arcade, but if you had the right tactics, you have an advantage. So it was a strategy versus skill thing. And if you had both going for you, (laughs) well, you were pretty much, you know, indomitable. It's really robust. If you think of the era, yeah, most games in that era are just rudimentary, simple mechanics, but yeah, to have something of that depth—that's impressive. And it also had an ebb and flow of like a something that Warcraft Three had, where um, day and night kind of happened. And oh, so, wow. if you were dark at night, and when it was a darker time, you had more power. And if it was light, yeah, so you would strategically wait to launch your like massive assault it, when the wow. timing was right, where you had more power on the across the nodes. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very complicated. There was a lot of complexity that was kind of belied by the simple interface. You know? Yeah, I remember getting excited about Battle Chess because I thought that it would kind of be like Archon. Yeah, it was hard to play. After but Archon. Battle Chess was really just chess with animations. It wasn't. Yeah. You didn't actually go out into a battlefield. No. Which, because of the chess, if you your piece goes in the other piece, you take it and you you win that. Whereas with Archon, there's a battle that happens yeah. over that square and whoever wins is who gets to keep it and so it's totally twitch any, really fast twitch action reflexes that are required there any listeners curious about archon can go to steam and find archon and yeah there's a new version of it yeah, you, can, so you can actually check it out you have yeah. to see if my or dad or my brother remembers that one yeah yeah you can always get an emulator for any of the platforms oh yeah we mentioned and try Definitely. it and um that's that's cool. I'm sorry, I totally jumped on you. No, your... that's totally fine. It's cool to hear that. We have a common, common uh, <laughs> yeah, gaming thing. Yeah. 
What else? Anything else? Or that's I, I figure that was, that's a, that's a good one for now. We can always come back to this again too. Next time that Jeff is here, perhaps we'll have other ones. What about you, Mark? Mine's kind of a toss-up between um, something that I was into um, as a you know after high school, like right after I graduated, versus something I played like in middle school. So Ooh, I like the um, suspense building here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I got to set it up. Right? Nice. <laughs> so when I was in um, middle school, I I had a Vic Twenty. I was always like a Commodore guy. I had a VIC-20, and one of the only games I had for it was this game called Seamus, which I think I spoke about yeah, a lot. Yeah, that. yeah. precursor and, to Robotron. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just like the mechanics of Robotron, really, really hard, very extremely unforgiving, and I was playing the thing on a green screen instead of a TV. So, like, it, it and I just clocked so many hours and just feel like I honed my skill level to, you know, I, I, I'm sure there were developers of the game that were not as good as I was at that game. I spent so much time on it and was so dedicated to it. But I never finished it. Um, conversely, the other one would be Turrican, which I played um, to death right after I graduated from high school on Amiga. And I that one I did finish. And I finished Turrican 2 as well. And um, and so those those are like other really fond memories of games where I put the time in, you know, it was almost like a religion <laughs> and got the, at least with the Turrican series, I got the big payoff, you know. Genre-wise, Turrican was... Kind of like a... Um, it's kind of like Contra, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Or... Um, it's a side-scrolling shooter, isn't it? Or there's... What's the weapon? Is it a gun? It's a gun with multiple use, like different variations of use depending on the controller combos like a genesis like bullet hellish or not quite you you think of the uh, guy that runs around yeah Yeah. you can turn into like an energy ball and roll around and you can you can do a bunch of different things with them you grab stuff and swing and oh that's right he did he have like a bionic commando type action yeah it was kind of like a lot of classic elements from a lot of the different you know a lot of different like there'd be hidden bricks you could bump into were there ever any vehicle segments like Car, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting all Blaster Master. Blaster Master, yeah. yes. <laughs> it was, it was really similar to that kind of a thing, but you know, I mean, it, it also had Castlevania level uh, music at the time, so the soundtrack was really killer too. You know, for that time, right? Um, so you know, those, those were, and Speedball was another game that at about the same time that was a multiplayer game. That that's like the 3D yeah, maze so. game, wasn't it? Or no. I'm thinking of baseball. No, speedball was like a super hardcore football game. Oh, yeah. Where okay. you just tackled the hell out of people, <laughs> and you could actually kill players, and when you killed them, the ground would flip over, and they'd be deposited somewhere you didn't know about. But you, <laughs> you could upgrade your players. You, as you won more games, you could upgrade them and buy up, you oh, know, wow. like bionic upgrades and stuff. Those are like my main ones that really sucked me in. And then, of course, the Gold Box series from like SSI, which was RPG, you know, Western RPG games like oh, Curse yeah. of the Azure Bonds and Pool of Radiance and stuff like that. Those all fin. I finished all of those. I used to really finish games when I had like no limits to my discretionary time. Right. Those were the days. As you get older, it gets tougher. Yeah, now it's like I. I Buy games to collect them, but don't really 
ever think I'll finish them. <laughs> I'm actually shocked if I finish. Like, when I finished Dragon Age, I was like, That's, how did this happen? That's a feet, yeah. That's a huge game, too. Yeah, I was like, I finished it. I can't believe it. When I finished Dragon Age 2, I was like, again, it's happened again. What is it? What is going on here? You know, so. That's what I liked about playing with Chris. It's when I have my gaming buddy over, we dedicate ourselves to finishing something, and it's a lot more reliable than trying to count on myself to be yeah. disciplined about it and actually finish something. Yeah. That's some. That's a really cool idea to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It's it's crazy to think that gaming as a medium, you know, really has existed for quite a while now. I mean, certainly nothing compared to film, but but no, you know, that, I mean, several decades we're now we're in yeah. with video games existing. It's like um, history-wise, it doesn't compare to film, but budget-wise, it's starting oh, yeah. to become the oh, form yeah. of yeah, media. I mean, all that's the so true. Call of Duties gross more money than. Yeah. The Transformers and Michael Bay's of the world. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. And actually, I was it was funny. We were watching, my wife and I were watching TV, and, and there was a Call of Duty um, commercial. And it's pretty much photorealistic. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, did you see that? And she's like, what? And I go, that game, it's like so photorealistic. It could be, if you were just watching it with your peripheral vision, and weren't really, you know, you didn't know it was a game. It looks like some kind of war movie commercial. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the, especially when they jump out of the um, transport and you see the sun like coming in, like all the, it's like it looks real. It looks yeah, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, much different than the early games we played. That's for certain. <laughs> yeah, the pixel Very count true. of like you know in the thousands and not <laughs> yeah, not the billions or whatever. been wrong about two things now to my knowledge in my entire life uh one was that i said that um rocksmith couldn't possibly work yes uh, well it could work but it couldn't do chords and then that's proven me wrong and i'm a huge fan of it <laughs> the other one was i said on live couldn't possibly work and yet it seems to be succeeding mm-hmm. i mean it's not huge it's not like a you know game changer game changing focal point of our cultural awareness but it's there, and they're still, you know, doing things. And they've announced recently that they're going to be able to bring on live from your PC or your on live dedicated on live device to your smartphone. And the question is now: is that is that a big deal? Is on live reach critical mass? Yeah, is it in the big leagues now, where you can play one of these games like Unreal Tournament Three? I dare say, on your iPhone. And uh, at an enjoyable frame rate. And Apparently Batman Arkham City, which just came out, and yeah. L.A. Noir, which is known for really high-end graphics. You can play it on iPad if you want now. Which would be pretty cool, really. And some of the games actually have had touch-specific controls developed for them, like uh, Disney's Split Second, which was a really awesome racing game. So, so you wouldn't even have to use OnLive's wireless Bluetooth controller. Right. I guess the question is, is this, is this now a game-changer? When you compare the games for smartphones to these well-established titles that are, you know, award-winning, and it's the same experience basically. You know, I I think it's a good step for OnLive as a whole to take to broaden their horizons and offer it on even more devices, tablets, and phones. But you know, to me, I feel still 
that it's kind of this generation's uh, make an analogy of Sega Channel. Do you guys remember that? Something it was a service oh, yeah. so so ahead of its time and undoubtedly what will ultimately become. Right. You know, in that particular case, downloadable content, game demos, the whole service that's web based. I feel like it's the same thing with OnLive. It's it's certainly a brilliant idea and it's definitely where we're going, but I just don't think it's it's ever so slightly too ahead of its time. Right. You know, I don't know this I don't remember the specific statistic, but a good majority of console gamers today still don't have broadband internet access. Wow. Like, I can't remember the specific statistic, but, you know, there are a lot of gamers out there that don't have access to high-speed internet, so that basically eliminates OnLive as an option. Mm -hmm. That's just my take. What do you think, Noah? At the end of the world? <laughs> I, I do agree with Jeff that I think this is where games will eventually go. I think we already see it in a way, in a different way, with Steam, just the concept of not having retail copies or physical copies of the games and taking it a step further, you know, you don't have a physical piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. You just stream it from the cloud. <laughs> but I do really think that a lot more people need to have really high-end internet connections and not only that, the mediums themselves. There's an editorial on GameSpot that talks about how, oh, it's relevant now, while trying to point out as, as lightly as possible that really you need 4G to yeah. get this. You need a really good 4G. Sorry, AT&T. Yeah. That, yeah. Would, that would exclude AT&T yeah. in most To put on places. a phone and... Maybe Verizon. Yeah, the, the, the allure of being able to play a game that looks that good on your phone is great, but these games, Batman Arkham City that are being cited, Assassin's Creed Revelations, L.A. Noir, ones that do not have, so far as I know, touch screen controls, they need to be played with controllers, with tangible triggers and buttons. <clears throat> and that means that it's still not that sexy if you have to carry around a controller that's bigger than your phone to play a game that's on your phone. Yeah, not, not to mention <laughs> a tiny little screen. It's like Yeah, a tablet I can kind of see. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Awkward. But then, like, if you're at the airport, you're your going to have a yeah. fast enough connection to stream this stuff down. I mean, maybe we're all wrong. Like, maybe that's the true virtue of OnLive. Their netcode is just, like, super-duper optimized, and it can pull it off on a, a semi-good network connection. Well, they, they I did. <laughs> I can't remember who I learned this from, but they did create technology that reinvented, I think it was my buddy Justin... The reinvented how stuff was delivered over there, and they actually have patents on it. Yeah, uh, they—that's how it's been able to get this far, and that it's improved so much is they, they've reinvented radio technology. There's some aspect of it I can't remember. My friend put it a lot better than I could say, obviously. So they've got the brains behind it, but I just don't think the rest of the world and the infrastructure is there. And I don't think until most games are touch controlled that there's really a—it's a big deal that. Oh, you can play these games on your phone well, not really. Mm -hmm. Not right. without a gigantic controller at the same time. Yeah, I I kind of... You know, I was a skeptic of the technology part. I thought it was just all marketing bullshit. And then I tried the beta or whatever, and I was like, wow, it really does work. It's pretty 
seamless. It's got like a channel selector, just like on that demand. That was cool. I saw the interface. It's yeah, neat. it's like you know, I want to play some of this. I haven't played Unreal Tournament in you know thousands of years. It feels like, <laughs> and there I was right there playing it, and it was you know. No discernible lag or anything? No discernible lag, wow. you know, like, I don't know if it's all, you know, client predictive technology or what, but I know that to most servers, I have a 60 millisecond latency number that I can't seem to get beyond, and I didn't notice any lag at all. It seemed like I was playing on a local, you know, computer. Nice. Could That's not amazing. figure out anything wrong with my experience. Tried the Batman game they had at the time, which I actually own. Looked great, felt great. Again, no lag, you know. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, I think it's a bit of a stretch to play it on your smartphone, but it's still pretty cool because a lot of smartphones do have HDMI outs. So you True. could hook it up to your TV and you could, you know, use the Bluetooth thing for the controller. And then the next yeah. thing you know, you're, you know, effectively able to play. The game, you know, I would imagine with Wi-Fi and a cable connection, it'd be great. One thing about data limits on phone plans now, pretty much every carrier puts a data limit. Except for Sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And inevitably, these are going to go over the cap if you really were hardcore about it and playing these games. Yeah, all just the time general streaming phone. will really take a chunk out of your data plan. So, I don't know. I think it's interesting that I they're mean, still... Yeah. Pushing it, they're like, we know what the future is, and we're going to drag it you is kicking here. and streaming into the future. Yeah, I mean, deep down, I want it to succeed. I just feel like it's just a little too much, a little too soon ahead of the curve. Yeah, but in, it's weird in computing in general. It's always gone back and forth between um, time slicing on a mainframe, which you could equate to the cloud today, mm -hmm. and distributed computing, which was where everybody has a workstation and you're just sharing things back and forth which, you know, would be kind of where we were when the Internet first kind of started. And every computer was considered to be, you know, pretty much, you know, heterogeneous or whatever. They're, they're all different, yeah. but they're all connected, and they're all able to do different things. And it's like now now we're, like, headed back towards that whole thing, that whole concept of the cloud will do all the processing for you, um, even with, like, the new, you know, like the Kindle Fire where it's... Web browser is optimized. Yeah, Amazon's, Amazon's web thing. The Silk yeah. browser. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, you know, and like some of the other browsers are already doing that too. You know, it all happens somewhere. All the processing and everything happens and then and the assembly happens and you're just kind of streamed the result. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it seems to be the direction we're currently in and then it seems like there's inevitably a, a paradigm switch which goes back instead of forwards and it's yeah. like now yeah. we have these the next generation of devices are super powerful and they can do all that and you just need a little bit of network so I don't know that's an interesting thing I, I, I predict on the record that Microsoft buys on live and or its technology within two years I think so wow yes wow and I think that could really change old, things if I'll that happened <laughs> It's a good prediction because, well, A, Microsoft has a huge amount of money that they're just waiting to do something with, but OnLive would be like nothing to them to purchase. Yeah. No, nothing against you OnLive people, just that Microsoft has lots of money put aside for something useful. And it's good tech. Yeah. And uh, actually Microsoft's, you know, with their new Link thing where they're 
trying to basically create a they're taking their um, uh, Microsoft Office communicator technology and wrapping telephony into that so they're actually kind of going in the like PBX phone direction with their latest some of their latest products this link product wow. makes you kind of wonder you know what they're gonna make an experience where you can literally be you could look at your outlook see who's online with an instant message client see who's got their who's at their desk right now because they'll have a little green dot next to them and you know I want to call that motherfucker <laughs> and click a button and it'll call them <laughs> seamlessly you know with your phone wow. you pick it up you're talking to that person you know for intra-company type stuff yeah, you know, a- it's all SIP based and everything which is like the you know voice over IP technologies VoIP 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 so it's kind of a great prediction because maybe they'd be like you know we'd like better video streaming or you know whatever yeah call. yeah we'll see yeah we will see we'll hold you to it hey Ubisoft Quebec has decided to start working on some new projects that may, well, that probably aren't going to be in the realm of DS and Wii, which historically is what this arm of the giant, or the third largest publisher and developer has created. Ubisoft Quebec is credited with working on the Black Eyed Peas experience, Prince of Persia, the Forgotten Sands, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is kind of like a Smash Brothers knockoff for DS and Wii. Well, now they have some hiring postings on their Facebook page looking for a developer to work on a AAA massively multiplayer title and a AAA Wii U project, which is pretty exciting. I'm not sure if those items are going to be one and the same. The MMO is supposed to be across multiple platforms. The Wii U also already has an MMO in the works for it in in the form of Dragon Quest X. So I'm curious whether or not this, these games are one of the same. They're probably not. But that said, I am more intrigued to talk about the MMO for multiple platforms. More than likely, since Ubisoft has so many intellectual properties, we could expect this MMO to not be a new original IP, but instead something based on one of their many, many awesome franchises. And I was really curious to hear from my co-hosts this evening, which of those franchises would they like to see an MMO set in if we were to assume that Ubisoft's new AAA MMO was one of those franchises? Raving Rabbids. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) No. So to provide a, a quick list of what they could choose from, this is certainly not exhaustive. You've got Rayman, Prince of Persia, Assassin's Creed, Beyond Good and Evil, the whole Tom Clancy Rainbow Six thing, Might and Magic slash Dark Messiah, and Far Cry. Want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. I would go with um, Might and Magic as the most obscure title. (laughs) Um, I uh, am one of the seven people that bought Dark Messiah, and I bought that only on the uh, grounds that I was a huge Might and Magic RPG player. I played three through six to, to finish. Um, and uh, I thought that Dark Messiah would be that with a really cool graphics engine around it. And actually, Dark Messiah, when you play it, you realize that like Skyrim is what it should have been. Mm. So it's quite sad. 
I remember um, being so excited about that because it seemed like it had a cool physics engine where you could tear down platforms and have people. It did have a cool, had a cool physics engine, really good lighting and everything, but just playability was just broken. Strangely enough, though, Skyrim starts out almost identically to just as poorly. Um, or do you mean just in terms of the story or, or something? I mean, it just starts out almost the same. Dragon attack. Unprovoked dragon attack. Oh. You're not going to be executed, but you're, yeah. you're like, holy crap. Well, it doesn't quite start out that way. It happens slightly after the start, but it's very similar. It's just funny. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. Anyway, I think it would be a really cool, se- like the whole Might and Magic thing. Um, the world. A, there's a good it's a good world and there's a lot of interesting things and it'd be a cool setting for an MMO probably only to myself and seven other people as I mentioned <laughs> um, speaking you know more realistically I could kind of see some of the other um, titles being you know m- much more likely and and probably they would never ever consider going with the Might and Magic one but I would hope. Know. I would like a rocksmith RPG where you just walk around and to destroy a monster you have to play <laughs> like Red Marchetta by Rush or something. You know, it'd be really cool. But I don't think that's going to happen either. But I have to say that's some cool technology that they have. Um, You're all and, about the respect for rocksmith now. Yeah, I'm, I'd like to try that. Yeah, I played the uh, Rock Band, whatever the hell the one that three. Yeah, yeah, it was great, but it didn't have. I've never played guitar, and I felt like its teaching tools weren't very robust. Yeah. Um, Same thing with Rocksmith. Rocksmith's teaching tools are awesome. Okay, it's great. Incredibly yeah. good. I played it. Because you're quite experienced as a guitar player, but you actually were learning some new stuff from it as well. Yeah. Well, um, the chords, the seventh chords and stuff, I was learning how to play them quickly. <laughs> like, I knew the chords, but to, like, put it all together, like, as they come at you in a pattern like you're used to from Rock Band. Yeah. I I was like, holy crap, this is really <laughs> hard. And I took it to heart, you know, and I had to get, like, uh, the max score on that chord challenge feel like wow. a man you know again after you're all it, about being brutalized i was <laughs> that game can really brutalize you but i don't feel bad when i play it because i've watched several different groups of people who've never played guitar play it and, and to see the pain and anguish that they go through i'm like it's it's just cool it's just cool to see the notes come at you like they do in rock band or guitar hero and then have like the whole thing expand because you're gonna have to go from like the third fret all the way up to the fifteenth fret and watch people like panic and yeah. like poop themselves. <laughs> it's just so cool. So I have nothing but respect for that title. But. I didn't realize that one was Ubisoft. That's cool. Yeah, and its technology is out of this world. I've talked to several musicians about it. To have something that can analyze like every string of your guitar, which what position you're in, and any from a guitar, single analog input is technology that no devices that we use in music has. Do you think it's tonally, so your guitar has to be tuned well for that to work? Yeah, it makes you tune your guitar, and then it analyzes your guitar to get the levels right and the amount of distortion and gain and everything that you're... Because every guitar is different. Mm -hmm. So you have to just make noise for a while, and while you're doing that, it's processing it all. And then after that, it's like acclimated to your guitar and your particular setup, and it can seriously tell what position every finger is on just from a single analog input where 
the rock yeah it's got touch sensitivity yeah the whole fretboard yeah. on the rock band controller is just each, a bunch of buttons each fret uh, you know so there's yeah there's that one but then there's, there's a real guitar one that yeah has like touch sensitivity or something yeah 21 frets times 6 for the strings are the number of sensors that that thing has to emulate what this thing just does that's cool with their technology yeah so. it's impressive and that those Surely will wear out where your guitar never will. So. Exactly. Yeah, you can get a new guitar. So that was a huge tangent. And I apologize. <laughs> we digress. <for> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Um, I think the most probable franchise they would go with would probably be the Assassin's Creed. You think so? Yeah. Because they've been exploring Just cause it's such online a, play and stuff like that. Yeah, and such, it's such a you. commercial success. I think that's the most logical step, step business-wise for. Ubisoft. Um, joking aside, I think who knows what they could explore with the Rayman or Raving Rabbids franchise. Um, those two in particular, I think, would be leaned more toward the the Wii U. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought, and it would be easy to make expansions in an Assassin's Creed MMO if you just picked a different city and era. Mm-hmm. much in the way that the sequels have played out it could be really cool but then you would have to be isolated with whoever else has purchased that expansion pack of course so it might be kind of boring if a very small fraction of the game right. <laughs> community decides to buy the Tokyo, the Japan feudal Japan uh, <laughs> expansion pack but it could be really cool I don't know I, I have a hard time imagining that as an MMO because I just don't know if there's enough to do in the game world true to give you the breadth of roles that really make an MMO compelling most of the time. Allow you to be an explorer or a killer or whatever. Or here's, socializer. Here's my like dream scenario. They, they Because they have the deep pockets, they spend the money on the Game of Thrones IP and then Ooh, take oh, in the, the like playability from Assassin's Creed and Prince of Persia. To yeah. make like a really cool Imagine like action Arthros, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. that would be like the dream, you know, where they take an established IP that does have like interesting difference. I mean, you can't just have a game and an, an MMO that's all like assassins. It would be quite boring, monotonous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to pull stuff in from you know an IP, a major established IP that they don't already have would be really cool. And as we've spoken about in previous episodes so far the game of thrones ip dash mad dash to success has not been <laughs> very uh inspiring yeah it'd probably be destined for failure because they just rush it out while the yeah, yeah. The iron's hot yeah exactly yeah. but uh, of the series that i mentioned i actually would love to see beyond good and evil explored Ooh. in mmo because it's not a fantasy setting it's more of a sci-fi fantasy deep and story lots of there's a lot of focus on uh societal hierarchy or castes i guess you could say mm-hmm. class and yeah. it's it's kind of star wars-esque and that there's all different types of aliens in there although there are, there's a lot of anthropomorphic animal people but it's just a mix and, and there's this evil robot race and there's this uh ancient power underground there's just all these really cool elements that could make for a really compelling world that isn't often represented, at least successfully, in MMOs. But more realistically, 
I think it's going to be in the Tom Clancy series just because, and this is cheating on my behalf, I suppose, but back in 2008, they announced when they acquired the Tom Clancy license that they were going to make an MMO. Now, MMO landscape and hotness was a lot different back then. I mean, there was lots of MMOs being in, they were in development or getting ready to launch. I think that's when Age of Conan came out, right? Yeah. Really something came out that we were playing back then. And I would think as Ubisoft, it's like, well, let's not go after something that's already been done to death, like a fantasy thing, and let's go after something that's going to be really unique and appealing. And since Sony's, the agency seems to be dead in the water. I was just going to say, such a shame. Hopefully, unlike the agency. Yeah. They can find some way. See the light of day. And and that's still a, a point of, question two is that let's see what was the last there was a spy rpg that came out alpha protocol mm-hmm. this year that didn't do that well which is a shame but it sounded so cool like it had so much potential I've so been, i think it's just the execution on that one doesn't yeah i've been rooting for the agency to see the light of day for i thought it officially Me got too. canceled didn't it or no yeah i yeah. think it did or at least on one platform so but tom clancy could kind of provide that if we could have squad based action and spy based action stuff that was diplomatic and something that was modern times you could do so much if you made it like if you added in like the kind of like the bioware elements uh what they're doing with tor like with the you know the the interactive dialogue oh yeah and you had all these different settings you know classic spy settings like from like James Bond or the Bourne Identity, you know, Prague would have to be there, you know, <laughs> of course. Just, you know, like the winter ski chase thing. I mean, you could do so much cool stuff in an RP yeah. or an MMO with that. And if you allow people to play the bad guys too, yeah. that yeah. tends to be really make fun it, too. Make it just pure PVP instead of trying to make it PVE. Yeah. You know, make it more like EVE Online, um, where it's like the people are actually creating the story. I think it'd be like, you know, you have these different agencies aligned pretty much together. You have your evil agencies and your good agencies all played by actual players. Of course, then it could in theory just become the next APB. Right. Which we all know what happened there. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's not to say I that I feel like happen. I should almost like bow my head in silence for a moment for what APB did. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. Did Ubisoft publish that one too? Uh, or no, that was EA that yeah. did that one. One of the big yeah. ones. Yeah. And I think EA needs a few laps on the head. <laughs> <laughs> they need to fall back down one, from orbit. One thing, Jeff, about Channel Massive is we have no like illusions of ever being hired into the game industry. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> we can say things like that. Yeah. Unlike other podcasters who have these have have some aspirations yeah <laughs> like fuck it <laughs> so. listeners let us know what you think out of all of ubisoft's different franchises which one would make for a fun mmo in your opinion send your ideas into mail m-a-i-l not m-a-l-e that's right <laughs> at channelmassive.com and that is a wrap for episode 177 of Channel Massive. It ended up being a rather long, epic journey, but it was really great to have you here with us, Jeff. Yeah, yeah thanks, guys. That was, was quite enjoyable. I hope I can come again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'd definitely love to thanks. have you on the show again. Thanks so much no, for having me. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was great. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you coming. And, and listeners, what were you going to say? Oh, just real quick, you can reach me. I'm Hefe on PSN. 
Oh, cool. J-E-F-E. J-E-F-E? Yep, Jeff Blanco on Twitter. All right, cool. Yeah, maybe if if you want to try to hook up with him on Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. And leave a bloody spot. (laughs) (laughs) Join join a covenant. (laughs) Right. Listeners, thank you, as always, for subscribing to our show. Continue to listen to it, and we hope to hear from you. And if not, we'll still be here next week. Yes.